Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live every Thursday from 6 p.m. Eastern time till usually about a half hour thereafter, give or take. And it is an opportunity to share some of the wisdom that we gained for from doing supportive groups for people who've lost their pets for a very long time. Nancy facilitated groups for 30 plus years. I'm on 13 years now. And we compiled what we learned into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And that book, of course, is, is available. But we also, since we have this medium for doing these kinds of broadcasts, have had the opportunity to dialogue with mm -hmm. many people who have gone through this experience. And that's really what this program allows us to do. And so we very much appreciate if you would like to share with us mm -hmm. a story of your situation, maybe a, a loved, a beloved pet who you've lost. Maybe you want to recommend a guest. Maybe you want to recommend a topic. We're very happy to hear from you. And you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. That's N-A-N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. All the information I'm sharing as we get going here is available in the description below the video. And if you do write to us, let us know if it'd be okay for us to share what you've written to us. And also, we are likely to share it on this program. We may also share it on a blog that we're developing along with our response because we've learned that some people are more interested in reading than they are in listening or viewing. So just let us know uh, if that would be okay with you. And if it's not, that's absolutely fine. We're still going to respond to you. It may take a little bit of time, but we're going to respond to you in writing. You can reach, you can support our work in a number of ways through Venmo, through PayPal, through a monthly subscription. All of the above are in the program description. We also like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield. You can learn more about Dakin at D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot org. <clears throat> Dakin sponsors a cost-free Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate. It's usually on the second Tuesday of the month and it runs 6 to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, you can, you'll find the RSVP link in the program description. And the next one is on March the 14th, 14th of this month. So please consider joining us. We've had people join from all over the world, very lively, supportive discussions. And one final request for you, and that is to please consider subscribing on YouTube. The the link to do that, if you're not watching on YouTube, is attached in the description. And we ask you to do that because if you find this program useful, you can help other people to become aware of it by subscribing. Because then if they're looking for pet loss support, this program will come up higher on the list of options for them because that's the way the algorithm works. So that would be very helpful. And Nancy, want to get us started? Yeah, um, we're going to start tonight uh, talking a little bit about the process. Um, Ken and I have worked with people whose animal is, is very ill and, of course, has died in measurable different ways. Um, we have two, two stories tonight. 
but um, we're going to concentrate on one. And the reason I say this, a story about Henry, um, we are not going to talk about tonight. Um, you know, it's we understand that writing these stories is an is a labor of love and a very emotional and intimate thing. There's a lot of feelings that go through someone when they write what's happened to their animal and the relationship they've had with them. And when we go to Tiffany and Mindy and Domino's story tonight, there's a lot in there of layers around the relationships that um, Tiffany and her, and her husband, I believe, had had with the two dogs. Um, however, we also understand that, um, you know, you know, we would like to hear when we believe that writing these stories is very cathartic and very healing. It starts a healing process. Um, and, but it is, you know, it's emotional and, and, and there's a lot of intimacy to it. So, when you share these stories, we believe that people really can resonate and really get a lot out of listening to someone else that has, is going through the same thing or something similar. However, there are times, and we have had times, that people that have, have decided to, you know, that when we ask, well, would you share your stories? They say yes. And sometimes then later on, they'll say, we're not sure. Don't, I'm not, we're not ready. And that's absolutely fine. We want to make sure that in the story that you write, this, this wonderful story and this heartbreaking and heartwarming story about your loved one um, is, is something that you want to do. So um, I hope in, in the future that we will be able to share Henry's story. But right now, so we're going to go and spend a lot of time since Tiffany's story about her two dogs, Mindy and Domino, is very complex with a lot of different layers of issues. But we want to thank Henry's family, and we will look forward down the road to, to sharing his story. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we want to thank you folks for, for, for letting us know what you went through and and also for letting us know that it's not the right time to mm -hmm. to share the story so that's fine so we'll we'll go and and we'll go forward and we'll read about domino and mindy which is a note that we got from tiffany so tiffany writes dear ken and nancy thank you so much for your program it's helped me navigate a very challenging year and a half in regards to pet grief i'm writing today in hopes of any insight that the two, from the two of you and hope that perhaps my story could be of, of some use to someone, which I'm sure it will be. Feel free to use anything you'd like in your show and omit any details that are inappropriate for your audience. I apologize in advance for the length. My husband and I have lost both of our dogs since August, 2021. We are each possessing our grief in processing our grief in different ways, but I would be lying if I said I still wasn't struggling. Here's some background. In, in June of 2014, we found Domino, a lively Springer Spaniel puppy from a local breeder. We had never gotten a pet from a breeder before, but thought we had checked out everything. From the beginning, he was a challenge to train, showed a lot of anxiety and reactiveness. We also had Mindy, our then seven-year-old Westie Pooh. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Domino was aggressive with her at times, but we thought it was a mostly normal adjustment. However, his aggressiveness soon turned to us and became unpredictable. Mindy learned to stay out of his way for the most part. She became quieter and withdrawn after he attacked her when he was around a year old. My husband Jeff and I had had her from six months into our marriage, and she was our fur child since I couldn't have any human children. Jeff mm -hmm. soon had a hard time being around Domino and regretted having him. He later admitted he was afraid of him and what he could do to Mindy. Around the same time, Domino reacted to a bad bee sting. I had to take him to the ER vet. He came out bleeding from the mouth because they said he was an uncooperative patient. That had never happened before, and I blamed this unfamiliar vet. Fast forward a couple of years, and there were a few more minor incidents from Domino. He would be happy and playful one minute, and then a glaze would come over his eyes, and he would snap at whoever was in the vicinity. Since he was usually glued to my side, it was generally me. He would then kind of freeze. Later, he seemed to have no memory of what had just happened and looked confused. It started to make me very nervous to take him out of the house, even to the vet. I didn't know how he'd react, and he was getting bigger. My husband had a near miss with him on a couple of occasions, and it was probably only his height that saved him. Once when he was three, I bent over to pat him when he was lying on the floor. He lunged up and took my chin in his mouth, but didn't bite. I was shaken, but denied there was something wrong. I didn't want to lose my boy. I didn't tell anyone. About a week later, Domino was sleeping on the floor by the couch. I leaned down to ask him for a kiss. Before I knew what was happening, he snarled and was in my face. The end result was a trip to the ER for me and over 30 stitches in my mouth and lip mm. from a plastic surgeon. I was fortunate to live near a teaching hospital and only had minimal scar have minimal scarring today. However, I, do, I still do not have all the feeling back in my lower lip. After the attack, I was adamant about keeping him. I convinced myself, my husband, and my mother-in-law, who lives next door, that it was a one-time thing. I made excuses for him. I blamed myself. I blamed his being asleep. I knew it was not safe or normal, but again, I didn't want to lose my boy. I knew he probably needed help, but we didn't have the money, and I didn't want to admit that there was something wrong with him because maybe he couldn't be fixed, and I couldn't face that, so I lived in denial. We navigated the next four years without a major incident. I can see how much we changed our home and our lives for him. We don't have many people over, but even extended family couldn't come into the house. Domino went crazy for deliveries and any noise that was outside our home. We did a ton of things to minimize the risk, including training him to wear a muzzle. All the while, everyone was afraid of him, although surprisingly, I wasn't. I think even his vet was. He was a big guy, and on his checkup in 2020, had to throw a hood over Domino to examine him, in addition to anti-anxiety meds and a muzzle. He gave me the paperwork on a trainer and did a test on his thyroid, which turned up normal. Then in August of 2021, I was sitting on the couch with Domino, trimming his paws. I thought it was safe because he was very relaxed and loved grooming. Then without warning, he had my finger in his mouth, clamped down hard and wouldn't let go. I remember yelling at him to get off and pulling away. 
My husband, who was across the room, said he lunged for my face again. I later found scratches on my legs and arms to confirm this. Fortunately, my watch strap broke and my watch flew across the room, startling him, and he let go. Afterward, he just stood there in a daze. My husband had to gently prod him into his crate. Even then, I didn't want to go to the doctor because I knew what that meant. Mm -hmm. However, my finger, even though it didn't need stitches, showed signs of infection and was losing feeling in the nerves, and I had to go. Within a few days, we were consulting specialists, trainers, and our vet who recommended sending him away for testing. This would have been very expensive and hard on him and may not have given us any answers. The ultimate decision shattered my heart. We determined that Domino was not a safe dog for us our, or our family and could not be rehomed and had him behaviorally euthanized on August 14th of 2021. <clears throat> I've never grieved so hard in my life. I looked for signs of him and found them. I listened to podcasts like yours to try to figure out how it had gone so wrong and how I had basically ended up in an abusive situation with my dog. I knew something in his brain was wired incorrectly and that he couldn't be fixed, but still blame myself. The guilt for putting to sleep a dog who seemed physically healthy on the outside was eating me up. All of the logic in the world couldn't have prepared me for the raw grief. For the first time in my life, I understood what it meant to feel bereaved. After Domino, we decided not to get another dog for a while. Mindy was now 14 and deserved a calm life with all of our attention. Slowly, her personality started to come back. I cherished her more than ever and realized how lucky we had been with her. Then in October of 2022, she started having urinary tract infections again. The vet treated her with meds twice, but she seemed different and the meds seemed excessive. By late November, she had, was having mobility issues. I blamed it on her age, but wasn't overly concerned. We took her to the vet to see how to make her more agile and comfortable. They had to do blood work. Let's see, they had to do blood work first to see if the meds would be safe for her. And mm -hmm. we discovered that she had early stage kidney disease. Mm -hmm. I was upset, but quickly decided to do everything I could for her to make her comfortable for however long we had left together, weeks or months. A day after her diagnosis, Mindy started not being able to get in and out of her bed on her own. She crowd, cried out in the night, and I thought it was beginning. It was because she was stuck in her bed. I now think she was possibly having a stroke. Mm. She started going the wrong way when you called her and often seemed to get lost, standing in corners. Within a couple of days, she could barely stand. I knew we were in trouble when my baby, who lived for food and treats, stopped eating. Mm. Last weekend with her, I carried her outside, slept on the floor with her, and fed her baby food and water with a syringe. I knew her time was coming to an end quicker than anyone expected, but was determined to do everything I could for her and everything I couldn't have done for Domino because he didn't live to be old. One week after taking her to the vet for her mobility issues on December 5th, 2022, my 15 and a half year old Mindy died in my husband's arms. We had to go to the vet to euthanize her because she didn't want to leave us no matter how many times we told her it was okay. My heart was broken a second time, but in a much different way. Our house was now quiet and empty, and I had a physical pain in my chest that I felt that felt like a hole for the first two weeks. 
after she was gone. A few days before Mindy died, we had started looking for a puppy. I had finally felt ready. A different breeder near us had a litter of Yorkie puppies born on Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day, which was ironically Mindy's last good day. We had put down a deposit on one. Last week, we brought home Pumpkin Pearl. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. She's so cute. And my life is upside down again. I forgot how much work it is, but love her to death already. However, I still grieve for Domino and especially Mindy. I don't want to mess up with this pup. I wonder what life holds for her. And I'm ready for it. It feels right to have her here though. I know there's a lot to unpack here. With the behavioral euthanasia, anticipatory grief, grief that feels complex and compounded, among other things. I'm not sure what I'm looking for, but I know I'm still in, the pro in this process in spite of having a new pup. I've learned so much about death, grief, guilt, denial, you name it. There is so much to learn, but I'm happy to have had my life with my fur babies. I'm holding on to hope in spite of the flashbacks, nightmares, and grief of the last 16 months. Thank heavens there are groups and podcasts like yours to support people in this situation that is never really talked about. I would be happy to hear any insight you have into any part of my story and any suggestions about continuing my healing journey. Sincerely, Tiffany. So I'll also show, this is Mindy. Oh, And sweetie. this is Domino. Both, all three of these are beautiful oh, dogs. Yeah. Domino, Mindy, and little pumpkin Pearl. <laughs> it's insanely cute. <laughs> so, so, well, the first thought I have is what we've talked a lot here about control, right? Because <laughs> Tiffany was going to make it work with yeah. Domino, right? What she yeah. was going to work, yeah. and she did not want to give up on him. And she, they did so much for him. And um, she suffered terrible. Yeah. I mean, it was assault, yeah. a terrible assault from him. Yeah, I know. Um, but I can understand once you put all that time and energy and mm -hmm. love into, you know, your animal, even though he, they, it was from the beginning that really he yeah, had cool. some issues, although there was periods of time, there were like four years in there that it was okay. But he just wasn't right. Yeah. And I, it, it was heartbreaking for her to then have to say, I, I, we can't do anything else, you know. And a behavioral euthanasia is a really tough one. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, You've I've done it. You've gone through that. Yeah, it brings, it brings up echoes of my experience with Rufus. Yeah. And it's, it's terribly, terribly hard. And with him we were told pretty much the same sort of thing that they would, this was not going to change. We could have all his teeth removed or we could put him in a pen and just give him food through the bars. And we decided that it's, it's just no kind of life. Oh. Uh, and, and so, but that, that story, it, it softens over time, but you know, this is something, I think it's really, it's, it's very generous that Tiffany has, stared, has shared this with us. Yeah, I mean, this this no. is a really tough, tough story. And, and then you have little Mindy, who yeah, yeah. they loved dearly, desperately. But she was also struggling, right? Because Domino was 
aggressive with her. Yeah, Domino and she, was very dangerous. I mean, really, you know? really dangerous. And there are some dogs like that. And you you do what what Tiffany and her husband did, which is you you get training, you talk to the vets, yeah. you get the best information you can, you do the you do what you can to make it so that they're less likely to to attack, to act out in this way. But unfortunately this I believe that this happens a lot more than people talk about because it's so very painful. And right, because you know on some level she Tiffany and her husband knew that Domino was was just really not right. Well Tiffany and, says in her note a couple times I think she says that she was she was in denial. Yeah. Which is what we do. I mean we love yeah. our little our little friend, our little family member and we know what this suggests. We know where this is headed. And so we, we exactly. do we can to convince ourselves that it's manageable. And ultimately, of course, they made the right decision for all involved. And they they had her euthanized. But, but it's such a painful thing. And it's a process oh, God, yes. for many, many people because it's just, it's, it's, it's as, as she said, it's so hard to reconcile that this dog who looks beautiful and healthy and is not is not safe to be with, is not safe to to have in your family. You know, it it reminds me of some years ago, there was somebody who was referred to me and it was a couple and they rescued, um, I think they were pities. And the the, uh, pity that they had, they trained, they went through all of these, all everything possible to make, to make sure that she was, as safe as she could be, but she really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to get pregnant. And the the doctors and the vets said, if, she, if you get pregnant, you can't have this dog. You'll have to euthanize this dog. And I and I don't know what happened because I think it was such an, a, an amazingly agonizing decision that they would, ha- they or they'd have to wait until this dog died, you know. So, I, and I'm not sure what happened, but I could feel the angst and the pain and the the denial. Right? We don't, we don't want to even deal with this now. You know, this is something that it's just too overwhelming. Yeah. Well, as I I think I've told, shared this detail, we had to have Rufus put down because the trainers and the veterinarians told us my, my ex was pregnant at the time mm-hmm. and they said he will attack the infant. Yeah. If he, he will never be safe with this baby because he is just too volatile. And he actually nipped Lynn, my ex-wife's uh, belly, as, um, during one of his incidents. And that was, I think that was the very last time. That was the last, that was, that had and, to be uh, the He didn't really hurt her, but he, he pinched her mm-hmm. and he didn't draw blood, but almost. And that was the end for us. And we, especially when you love them. I mean, I think we had yeah. a story here too, um, maybe last year sometime that there was a behavioral euthanasia. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. A puppy, I yeah. think. That just, yeah. Well, we had, we had in the group for a while, in New Jersey, we had a woman come whose dog, I remember is a beautiful white German shepherd. Her dog had died recently and he had, he had hurt her throughout its life. Yeah. 
he had she had she showed us many scars on her legs i mean that this dog had bit her very severely and it was something that she she lived with and it was it was hard to you know i wish she hadn't put herself through that actually but but that that was her story that she had lived with this dog who had who had bitten her many times and she had and the dog had lived throughout to it to its old age and it was really dis- it was very disturbing actually for other members of the group of because, because the the first thing that people want to do in a group is support one another right. and and you can't you can't be unsafe in your own home. Well, it's it's what it, I think. What Tiffany? It, it's a, she was abused by her dog, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, yeah. and and no matter how much she wanted that not to be, and no matter how much she she loved him, yeah, and right. I think afterwards, I mean, Mindy, I don't I don't know how long she, Mindy lived after um, Domino was euthanized, but. I mean, then there was that thing, oh, my God, we needed, you know, we needed to, sp- to spend time with Mindy now, right? And it was, they, they did everything possible um, to love her and take care of her and cuddle with her, even though they did that before. But I think probably Domino, there, there was always that wild card. With him. Yeah, Domino was, was euthanized in the middle of August of 21. And, and then I think December Mindy was died Mindy. in December. Right. December. Of 22. So she had uh, a few months. But, you know, it's Quite a few months, yeah. it, it really shows no matter what, how we love our animals. Yeah. You know, how we yeah. love them, how they're so important to us, how they fulfill our lives. And some of them, some relationships are a little more difficult than others. And Little um, Pumpkin Pearl. Now, that's a whole, that's an interesting ending to the story because they had put a deposit down right on her before mindy died that's so right they're they're like me they can't be without a dog that's right it doesn't work <laughs> and, and for them that really is great and for me and people like us that's great for people like you i think <laughs> i'm i will yeah i mean i will not i will not be without a dog <laughs> and so that's a very that's a very personal thing because some people need to have a time without a dog in their that's life, right. or without a cat, or without a horse, or I mean, that's fine, or whatever. But or it's, some it's, people never get another animal, right? Yeah, some people never, yeah. Too difficult. But it, for them. but it was interesting to me that having gone through everything they went through, they <laughs> they, they have they have there, which, is, which is I mean that's. That's kind of the way, again, there's no right or wrong here, but I strongly identify with, yeah. with that. Because again, with, with our experience with, with Rufus, it was extraordinarily gut-wrenching, but I'm still not going to, I'm still going to have dogs. That's right. <laughs> so, and you have. So we want to thank Tiffany. That, that was a hard story for her it's to very write. Hard. It's very instructive. Yes. For people, because it shows the complexity yeah. of our relationships and the depth of them and kind of what we'll we'll do, what we'll go through and how, you know, how we'll try to manage things that sometimes really ultimately we decide are unmanageable. I mean, we just in a, in a different sort of way, we've heard from people who who move their home to get yeah. to a place that 
better suits their dog. We've heard yeah. from people who make all kinds of changes to their work. Sacrifices. All kinds of sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you've just got to decide what, what's doable for you. But I, I do want to, I, and I think we, we both really want to stress that your personal safety is crucial. I mean, it's crucial. You can't, you can't really live in a situation and, and this goes for many different kinds of situations, but you know, we never deserve to live in a situation where we're unsafe in our own homes. And, and sometimes that, you know, that means that we have to make these kinds of very painful decisions and, and Tiffany and her husband made the right decision. There's absolutely no two ways about it. They loved their animals. They did everything they could. And I'm glad and congratulations on Pumpkin Pearl. <laughs> Pumpkin Pearl. Let's see. We got a couple of comments. Let's see. We got uh, my friend's dog had a brain stroke and turned from the most chill and sweet boy to an apathetic and angry animal. It was heartbreaking mm -hmm. since he still had good times acting as sweet as we knew. In the end, he bit his owner's hand and held him down. B was a big rock Rottweiler mix, and my friend had to call for his brother to free him. So, I mean, we, the more this is the kind of thing where the the more we talk about it, the more people are going to feel free yeah. to talk about. It. And I want to also mention that Lap of Love, this group of veterinarians who provide in-home euthanasia, they offer a support group specifically for people whose who have had to go down this road of behavioral euthanasia. Behavioral euthanasia. So mm -hmm. it's something to look into. And I want to make sure that that we mention that. And I also want to just mention it at the end of the program as well. Please do subscribe to YouTube, to the program on YouTube, if you haven't already, because again, it, it just helps people who aren't aware of this source of support that it exists. And if you find it helpful, then uh, it would be likely that they might as well. So please consider and, doing that. And the other thing that I think um, I wrote to you that the hospice end of life acupuncture vet that I work with is willing to come on the podcast. You would like to do that. So yeah, when we yeah. end tonight, we can make that arrangement. Yep, She's yep. lovely, lovely woman. And that's, that's all she does. You know, because we had talked about some people were upset, right? Because we would talk about how euthanasia can be very, very calm and, and, and peaceful. But there have been some that aren't. And so we'll have Dr. McCaffrey look, you know, talk. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get get her on here. We have one more note. Okay. That it's a kind of a... a uh, we, had, we had to be put to sleep. This is about yeah. the same dog, the Rottweiler. It took him a long time. Extremely expensive meds to yeah. try to save the dog. But he had to keep him in in the bench. So he brought him to the vet. It broke his heart and left. Yes, him of course it would break your heart. Yeah. Even if, even if they're, look, he, he had a, an occurrence in his brain. Yeah. You no, know, it wasn't his fault. It just happened. And it just is really sad that his personality changed. Yep. Yeah. Well, again, thanks to Tiffany and yeah. to Susan and we'll look forward to having another conversation next next, next week. week. I think we have a guest next week, actually. Oh, good. We have Grant. Oh, Grant's Andy. next yeah. week. Well, that's good. Oh, <laughs> it, that'll be a good episode. Yeah, it will be for sure. Okay, take care, everybody. Good night. Thank you.